and Delving. I'm Brandon Wagner. I'm Adam McKeever. And this is Sersha Wagner. Say hi. Oh, she waved. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Dungeon Delving. Today we're continuing to revisit the classes and revisiting the cleric, which is, in my opinion, one of the strongest, if not the strongest, just by rules and features in 5th edition. The cleric is so good. It is, I mean, like, even just that one fight that we've had so far in the second half of Out of the Abyss, mm-hmm. I felt powerful, man. <laughs> Clerics are really strong. I, w- I was rolling bad, but I still felt powerful. Your light domain, right? Yes. Okay. So, Tasha's gives clerics some new tools for the base class. Uh, you get the ability to change your cantrips, which every caster got, so that's nothing special. Uh, you get a new use for your channel divinity to regain spell slots, which is pretty cool. And then you get Blessed Strikes. And Blessed Strikes replaces the 8th level subclass feature, either Divine Strike or Potent Spellcasting, which every subclass gets one of the two. And what uh, Potent Spellcasting is, you add your Wisdom modifier to damage dealt by your Cleric cantrips. And Divine Strike is... It's dependent on what subclass you are, but okay. you get either an extra D8 or... And at 14th level, it's 2D8 of a damage type. So, like, Tempest gets uh, Thunder Damage, Light gets Radiant, Twilight gets Radiant, okay. uh, Trickery gets Poison, War gets extra damage of your weapon's damage type, and Blessed Strikes replaces that, either of those, with 1D8 Radiant Damage with a weapon attack or a cantrip. Huh. So you stick yourself into Radiant... You limit yourself to 1d8, doesn't upgrade to 2d8 at 14th, like Divine Strikes does, but you can do it with your weapon attacks and your spells. Okay. So if you're playing more of like a spell sword type cleric that's doing a lot of spell damage and weapon attacks, then it might be the better option for you. Alright. But, I don't know, personally if I'm taking a class that has Divine Strike, I'm just keep staying with Divine Strike. <laughs> Over oh, the Blessed Strike. I might take it for, uh, if a cleric that I'm playing has the enhanced spellcasting, but I don't know. But cleric, <laughs> cleric, I feel like gets put on a pedestal as a class with healing capabilities so much that it, it kind of hurts the cleric's ability to do all the other stuff that they can do. Maybe a little bit. Hold on a second. I'm going to move the mic just a little okay. bit so that we're a little bit more even between it. But I think the bigger crime with Cleric getting shoehorned into that healer role is there are a lot of other classes that can heal very well that you don't see them getting played as much as the Cleric, as the party's healer. Because, yeah. you know, like, there's Circle of Dreams Druid is a very capable healer. Um, Divine Soul Sorcerer. Oh, that's one thing I also forgot about. It's going to get warm in here. Oh. Is that the heat still on? Yeah, and that's going to add a background noise. It's going to be open in the office. Well, it's not supposed to be 80 degrees in May, so there's that. Yeah. Um, What was I thinking about, though? Oh, Divine Soul Sorcerer, Pact of the Celestial Warlock. Those are all classes that can heal very effectively. And I feel like they don't get the opportunity to as often because the cleric is just really good at it. Which is also interesting to me because most of that comes from their spell list. I mean, only a handful of domains get extra class features that 
give them more healing ability. You know, you've got the the peace domain does, life, grave. Those are really the ones that are, hey, this, just because you're this kind of cleric, you're going to get some extra healing, healing abilities. Whereas otherwise it's just like the base spell list. Hey, do you want some pops? <laughs> Trying to keep the child distracted with snacks. Mm, snacks. Let's just take a nap right before we can work with you. Little rambodunctious. So, Tasha's gives us three new cleric domains. Well, two and a half, because I'm pretty sure that the uh, order domain was in Ravnica, in the Guildmaster's Guide. It might have been. Um, you get some, you know, your, your order domain spells, get like command, hold person, just kind of control stuff. Uh, you get heavy armor, and then either intimidation or persuasion as a proficiency. So it's a little more of a martial cleric compared to some of the other ones. Uh, the voice of authority is pretty cool. When you heal or buff an ally with a spell, they can use the reaction to make a weapon attack. Uh, we'll ignore how I mis misunderstood that ability from earlier. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you do have a range on it. Yeah, it doesn't give you a range in the feature on the cleric, but it's the range of the weapon attack that the party member makes. Yeah, I, I do want to go back to the... Uh... The little thing about the deities that you can be a worshiper of. Yeah. Uh, I noticed that they have both Tyr and Bane from the Forgotten Realms. Mm -hmm. Also Tyr from real Norse mythology. Which, like, Tyr, I know, is on more, like, the good side of things. But Bane is very much an evil god. Yeah, evil clerics. You don't have to be death domain to be an evil cleric. Yeah, and I, I just I just like that they specifically point that out. Um, Order cleric... Two, they get so your channel divinity lets you uh, charm a creature. Your embodiment of law feature lets you um, change the casting time of an enchantment spell to a bonus action. Oh, she's trying to get some butterfingers. That's empty. It's just garbage. Yep. Next play with garbage, you garbage baby. Yeah. Speaking of garbage babies, back to our clerics. <laughs> um, divine strike. Their divine strike deals psychic damage. And then their Order's Wrath feature lets you, if you deal Divine Strike to a creature and that creature takes damage again before your next turn, you deal extra psychic damage to oh, them. Oh, nice. So it's it's really, yeah, it's it's a nice control. Psychic damage is very unresisted. Yes. Um, it's a cool it's a cool cleric subclass, if you, especially if you want to play like a grizzled old cop or investigator or something like that as a cleric yeah. in your world building you're like oh what did the how did the police force and guards incorporate the fact that there's magic into the world yeah and, maybe leodithus would have been a little bit better uh as a a, a bane order cleric maybe thought, thought about that tasha's wasn't out then though no no it wasn't ravnica's was but i think i feel like we forget about the ravnica sub or the uh the supplementary setting subclasses a lot yeah which is nice that Tasha's puts all of the ones in, all of them in here. You know, you get the True. the ones from Ramblin and the ones from Theros. So now, now you don't have to feel like you're forced to buy something you don't care about just to get some information, right? So next we have the Peace Domain, which is <sighs> Peace Domain for me kind of falls in the same as like the Redemption Paladin, where it's like, why is this character a violent adventurer? <laughs> but you don't have to be violent to be partying with violent adventures. It's like there's a side quest in Borderlands 3 where a brewery gets overrun with monsters and the the monk that runs it is like, I took an oath of nonviolence, so I can't kill these monsters. 
but you can. So that's your that's your peace domain cleric is. I can't kill all these monsters, but I can heal you while you do it. Yeah, and I mean, like, with their spells, like Heroism, Sanctuary, Warding Bond, Aid, Sending. Greater Restoration? Yeah. <laughs> like, why isn't that already one of your spells? Wait, Rary's Telepathic Bond? Yeah, they have some cool teamwork stuff. You forge a telepathic link among eight willing creatures of your choice, physically linking all the creatures for the other duration. Creatures with intelligence scores of two or less aren't affected by the spell. Oh, well, that rules out Ergen. <laughs> I'm kidding. He's got a better intelligence than that. Uh, until the end of the spell ends, targets can communicate telepathically through the bond, whether or not they have a common language. Oh. Mm. So it's basically shaking stool. Yeah. You shake stool and get the, 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 the spores. Uh, okay. So they get they get insight, performance, or per, or persuasion as an extra proficiency, and then they get the emboldening bond. This is like the keystone feature of this subclass. You choose creatures equal to I think it's equal to your a number of creatures equal to your proficiency bonus, creating a magical bond for ten minutes as long as you stay within thirty feet of each other. Those creatures can add a d four to an attack roll, ability check, or saving throw once per turn. So hey, group guidance. Yeah. <laughs> Who needs the guidance spell anymore when I can just have it? If you, if you abuse this, then yeah, and and the fact that you can use it multiple times for long rest, like that, yeah. that's number really times equal to your proficiency bonus. It's pretty solid. Um, they get an ability at seventeenth level that, and at sixth level, both that interact with this feature. Uh, their channel divinity lets you move up to your speed without provoking attacks of opportunities. Healing any creatures that you pass that you wish to for 2d6 plus your wisdom modifier. You can't heal a creature more than once, so you can't like do the flaming sphere trick that Phil likes to do where you just run it over monsters. You can't just run over your party members and heal them multiple times. But you don't have to provoke attacks of opportunities, so if you can use it to get away from, you know, oh, they surrounded me. Let me just get out of here and heal all my allies and myself on my way out. Yeah, It's a cool feature. that, That is a good escape. That is a great div- channel divinity right there. Uh, protective bond. Uh, creatures that are attached to your emboldening bond can you can uh, they can teleport to another ally that's connected and take the attack for them. So oh. if my cleric is bonded to you and let's say Tim's playing like uh, like his war his war- his warlock, and you know he has low AC, a monster comes and goes to hit him. You're playing like a paladin or a fighter or something, we're all connected. You can warp over there and take that attack. Yeah, it's basically the cover ability from Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. It's great. Well, and at 17th level, your emboldening bond is 60 feet rather than 30. And if you use protective bond to take the attack from somebody, you get resistance to nice. that damage. It's nice. awesome. This is such a, a... It's like the death ball strategies from Overwatch. If you have a peace domain cleric, you're going to play, be playing Death Ball. Your party's going to stay t- tight-knit so that that emboldening bond can give them all those those buffs <laughs> to their attack rolls, those buffs to their saving throws, all that good stuff. Because, yeah, it, it, it's not a limited amount of times per round. It's just as long as you have a reaction, you can use that you to can eat, use it. eat the mm-hmm. spell. It's, it's cool. I like the peace domain a lot. Yep. This is another one. I remember where I was saying that, oh, I don't think... I was wrong about Bard not being a class that got a lot of powerful subclasses in this one. Cleric got a lot of powerful subclasses in this one. They're good. Twilight Domain. Um, you get 300 feet of dark vision. 
Wow. Hey, hey, hey. It's okay. Uh, what else do you get? You can share it with your allies if they're near you. Which I remember hearing someone... I don't remember if it was on... This is their Eyes of Night. Yeah, Eyes of Night first level feature. First level feature. I don't remember if it was on uh, one of the YouTube channels I watch or on my DMs group, but somebody was saying that, you know, darkness in dungeons is useless now because you have Twilight Domain clerics, you have so many races that just come with built-in dark vision, and... Nobody wants to play human anymore. Yeah, nobody wants to play human anymore except for me. (laughs) And it's like, why would... Why make my dungeons dark even? Why even worry about the light level? Magical darkness, A. B, you're the DM. You can be like, yeah, you can see through magical darkness, but this is extra dark. This is advanced darkness from the trench in SpongeBob. <laughs> There's a bunch of monsters and then they go, well, they're talking, but I hope that joke lands <laughs> with somebody. I, I got it. I <laughs> it just, got it. It just wasn't funny. <laughs> No, I was just distracted. You get some cool spells with that domain. Moonbeam, Seen Visibility, Fairy Fire, The Bane of My Existence, Lumen's Tiny Hut. <laughs> Tiny Hut enough. Uh, this is a martial weapon and heavy armor proficiency. Your Divine Strike gives you radiant damage. Um, See, I don't I don't know why Twilight means that you have to wear heavy armor. You don't have to wear well, heavy like, armor, but well, you like, get that, it. That, that proficiency is just like, why? Oh, oh, she she wants my recording goat. Um, like my cleric, my uh, Tempest cleric didn't wear heavy armor, even though he had proficiency in it. But he was also a sailor, so I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to wear plate or... You reach for the goat for the camera. Reach for the goat for the camera. <laughs> That'll be on our Twitter. Um, yeah. Your channel divinity is Twilight Sanctuary, and this is a cool channel divinity to me because it has other features that interact with it. Uh, when you use it, you create a a sphere centered around you. It's usually going to be a dome because you're on the ground. And it moves with you. It provides dim light inside it. It lasts for a minute. And whenever a creature ends its turn in there, you can either give them 1d6 plus your cleric level temporary hit points or end a charm or frighten on them. Hmm. Nice. So usually you're probably going to be using it for the extra hit points. Oh, yeah. But like, that's hey, nice. stopping a charm or frightened, like, that is useful. Um, you can fly in dim light with your six level feature. As long as you're in ah! dim light, you can fly. <laughs> okay, Mr. Vampire. This is just the freaking Twilight series. Like, <laughs> like, they were just like, how can we make Edward call in a class? <laughs> you want to play Edward? Coming up, new characters from pop culture builds for D&D. A lot of people do them. We're going to start doing them too. Episode one, Edward Cullen as a Twilight cleric. I mean, why not? It'd be fun. <laughs> It'd be fun. Um, and then you get at 17th level, the Twilight Shroud, which gives your allies half color, half color, half cover while they're in your Twilight Sanctuary. They've up to saturation. <laughs> so until your 17th level, if you're inside the Twilight Sanctuary, it's, a, it's black and white. But then when you get to 17th level... Half the color palette gets added. <laughs> you get dog vision. Yay! But yeah, Twilight is pretty cool. Um, the list of gods are all ones that I'm not familiar with, except for Saloon. Selune? I don't know how to say it. Yeah. I don't speak Elvish. But a lot of them, like, they didn't list any that are, like, a real god from yeah. real mythology. Like, they did tier with the Order Domains. Well, I mean, a lot of the Forgotten Realms stuff is just based off of real gods. Yeah. So yeah, three really good new divine domains here. 
they really are like but the question we have to ask ourselves is are these divine domains really good or is cleric just really good because i feel like i said the same thing after reading xanathar's and seeing forge and grave domains like oh yeah. man these are really strong <laughs> i mean they i think one of the things that they did wrong with D 5e is they made cleric too unfocused mm-hmm but they also made it good at everything that it does. Yeah, I mean, Bard is kind of intended to be the I can fill any role, I'm adaptable, I can do whatever you need class, but I would argue that Cleric does it just as well, if not better. Yeah, especially <laughs> considering, like, the idea behind a Bard is like, oh, yeah, I'm silly, I'm gonna seduce the dragon, and I'm gonna stay back here because I'm not tough, and then Cleric's all just like, yeah, I regularly get medium and heavy armor proficiency. My hit die is pretty high. I can cast all these spells and I think, do great utility. I think utility. base cleric just has medium armor. Yeah, like, it. it is insane. Like, hey, it's a bard that's tanky. Yeah, it, it's a tanky bard. <laughs> and, and can use weapons better, because, like, bard gets a couple weapon proficiencies, but not like cleric, who just, here, have martial weapons. And I, I mean, like, the... It's the same thing that was a problem with Brigitte in Overwatch. Yeah, Brigitte's a cleric. She could tank. She healed like crazy. She was able to give out shields. Yeah. Her damage was really good. She had tons of CC. Like, it's insane. Yeah, Brigitte, when she launched, is a 5e cleric. Yeah. She's too strong. I I think what should have happened Stop praying for my grandpa. He's too strong. Is they, they should have broke cleric down into like having some damage magic and being a damage focused thing and then brought back the priest to be more of a healer oh, more of a focus. Healer. Okay. So yeah, I, I can I can see so that. So like the the priest was really good at healing but not good at a whole lot and then the cleric was really good at all this like divine magic stuff and dealing out damage mm. but not great at healing. Well, the thing is I think with paladin being a divine class as well that's kind of I don't think they wanted cleric to be a divine martial class because you right. have paladin but reskin paladin to not be divine like i don't like i usually when i'm when i want to play a paladin i'm usually not playing them as a divinely inspired paladin they're just a guy who follows these rules that either he not, imposed himself or whatever else that's much you could make it so that maybe paladin instead of following the divine follows their nation like they are yeah uh, make the they're, paladin they're a soldier really lean into that knight in shining armor aspect of the paladin and take right. away the which I guess knights you know they were blessed by the church back in the Middle Ages and whatnot. But anyways, druids, druids. I'm excited for next week. I like druids, but clerics. <laughs> cleric is such a. I like cleric a lot. I had a lot of fun playing my cleric in Tim's campaign, where we had two clerics. And if I remember that campaign correctly, I feel like you and uh, Tyler just. You guys didn't get as much opportunity to carry combat encounters because we had two clerics that were just busting up everything. <laughs> well, I mean, Arag got some advantage, though, because Arag was, you know, a bird being an Aarakocra, so he was able to fly around and had a lot of range because he used a gun. And a gun! Which does a lot of damage. So, like, yeah, I didn't get in as many hits because you guys were going crazy, but when Arag hit, Arag... Arag hit hard. <laughs> That's the thing about... Uh, Rogues in general is... For being a twink. Hard. Yeah. But we'll talk about that with rogues. Um, I think one of the things... Cleric is probably one of my like top five favorite classes from like a roleplay building perspective. Because 
I like to play older characters. A lot of people like to play characters that are in their races equivalent of like early 20s. And that makes sense. You know, it's easier to drop everything and go be an adventurer when you don't have much to drop. Right. But I like playing characters that have had their roots cut by tragedy or choice or... Yeah, I mean, I... Something else, some other I've, thing that happens. I've played a, a, a wide range of age groups, I feel, for my characters, because there's been, like, like, Cascade was, like, maybe, like, a hundred or something like that. Yeah, he was old. But he was a Warforged, uh, so time wasn't really a thing to him, and then I've had, like, thousand-year-old characters, I've had 18-year-old characters. Right. Because I think Arag was either 18 or 17, which well, is, is a maturity for, in, in, for Arakakra, in but like rules as written, Arakakra only lived for, like, 30 years. Right. Which, those guys, they should, like, there should be parrot Arakakra that are, like, have like elf lifespans or and the same thing with turtles only living to be 50 that's stupid i i i'm i'm, I'm thinking of a parrot uh ericocra that has echolalia so we'll just repeat back everything you say i think of a parrot ericocra that is a bard and plays the accordion and is a uh college of lore bard so he knows all these ancient stories about different locations throughout your adventuring world and sings about them to guide the party towards their objectives <laughs> all i can think of that is being replaced by iago though no i was i was thinking about uh what Cass in breath of the wild right <laughs> right which is like great joke but like all i can think of is iago trying to be a bard and it's like hello i am singing to you this song about your history i think we can get uh his voice actor to play dd with us <laughs> that would be great i think Gilbert Gottfried has played D and D once. I don't know if I want him to be our bard or if I want him to DM for us. <laughs> Just every character in this whole world sounds like him except for our adventuring party, and nobody says anything about it. <laughs> okay, so audio format. You can't see me dying here. <laughs> All right, let's get back onto clerics. I like clerics. I think I said this the last time I talked about clerics. I like clerics that aren't acolytes. I, I view the cleric as, you know, they get their power from their devotion to whatever deity they follow. That's that's great. That's good. That's a good building block. But I like clerics that didn't grow up with that, that, like, found it later in life. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you, you hear stories in real life all the time of people who are inspired by faith later in life. And I personally, I think, have one of those stories. I didn't find my religion until I was in my mid-20s. So I mean, I'm still listening to Finding My Religion by R.E.M. <laughs> or Losing My Religion. I mean, a lot of people do these days. I also, so in, in Xanthar's Guide, the cleric has their, their secrets. And there's one of them is like, I don't believe in my god anymore. But I still have these powers. And I liked that for Phil's cleric, who grew who was a death domain cleric, grew up in that death cult and left it. I know. Oh, so cool. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm thinking about that when he told us like the, the basis for his character. And I'm like, that's cool because you still have your divine powers, even though you turned your back on the cult and the deity and all that other stuff. And I just, I like it for that. Like, oh, this is an, an agnostic cleric or a atheist cleric that just still has their yeah. powers. And they're like, well, I still have these powers, so I'm going to use them to do good. Yeah, and so, turns out, yes, the uh, Order Cleric Domain was in Ravnica, specifically of the Azorius, 
which, which I mean they yeah. don't they don't worship Azur. Really? They worship the law. Yeah, that's that I want that. I want that cleric. What god do you follow? The law, justice. <laughs> the hammer of justice is unisex. <laughs> yeah. What gender are you? Police. But what's in your pants? Justice. <laughs> oh my gosh. Order domain, warfort cleric with a gun. You're a Robocop. <laughs> I'm, I'm done with you. I am, I, am, I am done with you today, Brandon. I can't. I can't. Just. just so, go, our go. first two episodes of go, go. building pop culture characters in DD, we're doing Edward Cullen and Robocop, both as clerics. You can go home, sir. You can stay. <laughs> but. Uh, I just. I, I think cleric is such a. There's not much to say, I think, about cleric because they're just. They're just good. They're just good. They, they are good. They do the job. Uh, these new classes are really good about it. And yeah, it it's hard to say more. This I feel like it's going to be a really short episode. I, mean, I feel like the first episode I did on Cleric was longer, but I just kind of ran through all of the domains in the PHB and Xanathars, which is a lot. Yeah, they have so many freaking subclasses. It's them and Wizard have the most subclasses. Because Wizard has one for each school of magic and then like a few more. Yeah, in uh, the PHB they have one for each school of magic and then Xanathar's gave them war magic and then Tasha's is blade singing and the scroll keeper or something. Yeah. And then uh, yeah, Cleric has three in Tasha's, two in uh, Xanathar's and six or seven in the PHB. Right. They have a lot of subclasses. So, like... Which is also why they all get the same ability at level 8, no matter what you are. You, yeah. They all have a channel divinity use. And then other than that, they get some spells, some proficiencies, which usually are the same. You know, it's like, oh, this group of cleric subclasses all get martial weapon and heavy armor. Yeah. You know, the clerics... Cleric is such a, it's such a class that can... It's very generic, I think. Which doesn't make it uninteresting. You know, there's... I've had a lot of fun playing clerics. There's a lot of potential for cleric backstories with characters who have, you know, like I talked about in the last episode, a cleric that was a, like a criminal background, got caught, went to jail, and they were like, you can serve your prison sentence or you can go work for this church. And they found salvation doing work for the church and became a cleric of whatever god, blah, blah, blah. That'd be yeah. a cool character. It'd be really cool. And we have dice rolling sounds in the background from Search for Playing with Dice. Yay! Yeah, I have... Like, more D6 than I know what to do with. You bought that pack of 100. And then the two and a half pound bag. Yep. Well, actually, I bought the two and a half pound bag first, and then I bought the pack of 100, but... Lots of dice. <laughs> that was when we played more magic, and we needed them for, for tokens and counters. Yeah. And... yeah. Uh, hey, don't... That's not a bottle. That's a fake candle. <laughs> no, no. Not in the mouth. Oh, my gosh. One-year-olds, people... Don't have them if you're not prepared. Yep, I mean, th th that is how you sort out working with a cleric, though, is you, you just have to say... The cleric is the parent, and the, everybody else in the party is the one-year-old. <laughs> They're just like, no, no, uh, no, do do not try and have sex with that dragon. I would like to play a cleric that really, roll, that really leans into that, the cleric is the den mother role in the party. Just this cleric who is, like, watching, exasperated and watching over this party of lunatics... And try to keep them on focus and safe, you know. Also, like a cleric that has, um, like non magical healing knowledge, 
like take that uh, proficiency in medicine and oh, use yeah. the healer's kit and stuff like that. Because why not? Especially playing like a cleric in a low magic setting. And I've thought about low magic settings quite a bit. And I've thought like I might make a cleric the only playable caster for a low magic setting. Which I mean, that, because yeah. I don't know. The, the, well, they've got enough physical stuff to make up for it. Yeah, it's, if you're if you're limiting the spellcasting abilities of your players, like <laughs> um, I was listening to another DM talk about low magic settings, where he's like, "Yeah, you cut off at six level spells. You're not going to get anything higher than that because it doesn't exist in this world. And if you're a cleric, you can go. That's cool. I still have a mace, and <laughs> yeah, I have guidance. Like, so one of the things I don't like about that is like, well. Yeah, it's hard to cast that kind of stuff, but I think those kind of spells should still exist, but they won't be something that you can just, oh, yeah, I'm just going to use yeah, spell Yeah, you don't just get it when you level up. You have to go quest for it and learn it. And, and I think and that... Then, and then you you can't be the only one casting it. It would have to be some sort of ritual that takes yeah, multiple sure. people. Uh, again, because I listened to the Adventure Zone, Monster of the Week had this concept called Big Magic, which required multiple people... And regardless of how you rolled on the big magic cast, oh. there was always a consequence. Mm -hmm. That'd be cool for a low magic setting. Magic with more dire consequences. So oh, that yeah. It's not low magic because there's not magic in the world. It's low magic because magic is super dangerous and you can't just use it to make your life convenient. Like <laughs> in a high magic setting. Uh -oh. Are you ready to be done talking about clerics? She, she, she's... She's upset about the clerics. I think she's telling us it's time to be done. All right, we'll wrap that up. Clerics, great class, super powerful, kind of generic. I'm sure we'll come up with more ideas for talking about them in later episodes where they, they'll just come up. And it's like, oh, oh this is definitely. a cool idea for a cleric. Or something like definitely. That. Um, yeah, cleric is cool. Cleric is, is such a cemented place in D&D. I think it was a subclass in like the first edition of D&D. It was a subclass with Priest, and I'm sorry, this just popped into my head. Because I don't know why, but I was just like, Cleric is cool, Cleric is fun, it makes its magic from the rays of the sun. <laughs> What's that from? Finding Nemo. What? It's, it's supposed to be seaweed. Seaweed is oh. cool, seaweed is fun, it makes its food from the rays of the sun. Oh, nice. That was a nice... Quick! Did you just come up with that? Or yeah. About it all week. Yeah. No, it just it just popped into my head instantly. After. Yeah. Next week, druid, which I'm super pumped for because I love druids. Depending on my, like I said, in my barbarian episode that an hour barbarian episode that barbarian was my favorite class. But depending on my mood, sometimes druid is my favorite class. My favorite class is class. Nice. <laughs> now you have to start wearing a suit every time we play D and D. To wear a suit. <laughs> I don't, I don't I don't have one of those. I, I, I can't afford to buy one of those right now. It's expensive. Though, we could afford to get better audio gear if people donated. <laughs> that would be really cool. You should have or, a Patreon. <laughs> I mean, we've got the sharing, or the... What do you call that? There's, there's the... Uh, there's the feature on Anchor. It, if you follow the link through when I posted on Twitter, there's a place where you can help support the show uh and we're not trying to make any money from it so yeah i would just the support would go towards getting new gear maybe getting i don't know i don't know what else we would get other than new gear <laughs> maybe, maybe use the pay for the next book or something like that when that comes out right and one of the things that we want to do is after like after we're done running out of the abyss we'll do a retrospective on the 
probably with the whole group or as many yeah. as people we can get to do it. And if we could get more adventure modules, then that's more things we can kind of dig into. Right, and maybe eventually it could turn into something where we could actually record our play and I'll have the time to actually edit it down so it's not just 90 minutes of us Yeah, that would that, would, that would be the point where the money stops going towards physical equipment and starts going into your pocket to compensate you for that time. Right. But And maybe... Who knows? Who Honestly, knows? at the end of the day, though, for me, it's just for fun. So it is a lot of fun to record these podcasts. I, have so, so, I get so many never... ideas that I'm never going to do because yeah. I don't have enough time in a lifetime to do them. Yeah. So th th <laughs> this is an outlet. And I mean, if we never make a, a dime off of this, I'll, I'll be a little sad because I want people to like love it that much that they would want to <laughs> invest in it, but they don't have to. And gee, the math rocks are for rolling, not for chewing. Yeah, you're only supposed to eat orange ones that look like they might be pumpkins. It happened once, and I bit down on it, and I immediately spit it back out. <laughs> because it wasn't a Carmelo pumpkin. Somebody's oh. here, so we're going to call it a day. Yep. Say bye, Sersha. Nope, she's just trying to Also remember to keep yeah. on delving. Oh yeah, keep on delving.